morning, friends. Welcome to another episode of your day, week, month, your reviews. I'm Troidal Power, your host for the week, and I'm here to talk to you about Starlink Battle for Atlas. I've had a chance to play Starlink a bit more since I got it last week. Probably, I would say, another four or five hours maybe on top of it. Maybe not quite that long. It's hard to gauge because it's the kind of game that I play in short bursts. Um, start it up, play a mission or two, and then uh, and then stop. It's not something I've like sat down and played for an evening. Um, in fact, actually, that mission structure is one of the things that I wanted to talk about in today's review because I've gotten a chance to play around with it a little bit more and get a better sense of how the missions work. So... Um, as I said last time, the, the missions are basically uh, quests that you get on a planet. Um, usually they're to go blow something up or to retrieve something from another part of the planet. They're not very uh, exciting missions themselves. Like, they're, they're, they're kind of just go-do-a-thing missions. Um, there hasn't been a lot of variety to them so far, but there's a couple things about them that I really like. Um, first of all, I do want to talk about the, the one piece of variety that I have had, which was there's actually been a couple puzzle sequences that I've come across where uh, there's these big monolithic um, structures on the planets that are leftovers from an earlier civilization. And uh, the, the one in particular that I've come across, I, I've done a couple of these, but the one in particular that I want to use as an example um, had uh, like a five-point star on it. Right. So if you imagine the five points of a star, there's all those points around the outside, and then there's a point in the middle as well. And each of those points, so there's six points total, five around the outside, one in the middle. Each of those points has a uh, is a node for these like balls that are attached to the nodes. But there's only five balls on six nodes. So when you shoot a ball, it can shift to the empty node spot if it's adjacent to it. And the puzzle was basically shifting these pieces around to get them into the right points on the five-point star to unlock it. Um, it took me maybe 30 seconds, but it was a nice little change of pace to be like, oh, we're doing something a little different here all of a sudden. Um, and I kind of like that. But what I wanted to talk about as far as the mission structure goes is there's two things that I've discovered that make me really like the way the missions work in this game. The first is that you can get missions whenever you want. So for the most part, you get a mission by going to uh, an NPC on the planet and talking to them, and they'll send you out on a quest, and then usually you return to them to turn in the quest. However, there's uh, a little button I noticed popped up in the corner of my screen uh, that had an up arrow on it. And if I click that, the, the up arrow, um, Fox requests a mission from the Equinox, the, the ship that Starlink, um, the Starlink team is based on. So basically he calls up to him and he's like, Hey, Equinox, you got any missions for me? And then they'll give him something to do. That's just like a one-time thing. You go out, you blow something up or whatever, and then you're complete, you complete the mission. But it, it, it's kind of nice because that means that you can just drop in at any point and get a new mission. You don't have to go back to a base to get a mission to progress. I think that there's more variety. It, it, I like the NPCs, so I like going and talking to the NPCs on the planet. I like the variety that comes from that. But it's nice that at any time you can just pop open a new mission. Um, and then up in the corner along with those, the other cool thing I've discovered about the mission structure is that uh, you can press left and right on the D-pad to switch between your objectives. So each mission that you've got active shows up as a little circle up in the corner of the screen. And as you press left and right on the D-pad, it switches between each of those circles, which changes uh, which mission shows up on your HUD. It actually gives you a little marker that shows up in you know whatever direction you need to turn, telling you to go that direction. But it's really quick to switch between the missions. 
So press up to get a new mission anytime you'd like. Press left and right to switch between your missions. The other thing is that some of the missions are uh, multi-part um, missions. So I had one I had to do for the Star Fox storyline where we we're trying to hunt down Star Wolf, where there was a big structure, but uh, we couldn't quite tell what was happening at the structure, so we needed to light up uh, some lights in order to see it better. So I had these three... Uh, lights that I had to light up. But as I was doing this mission, I got a distress call. I like wandered over far enough into a new region that I got a distress call from an observatory who was getting attacked. So I switched my mission over to the observatory. I went and took out the attackers there, completed that mission. And when I switched back to the Star Wolf mission, uh, my progress was still saved. I think I had two out of the three reactors turned on or whatever, but whatever it was, it saved my progress. I didn't have to start over just because I had switched from one mission to the next. So all this is to say that the mission structure in this game has really grown on me. The fact that you can get new missions anytime you want, the fact that you can switch between the missions, the fact that there is a little bit more variety to the missions than I had given it credit for previously, all makes completing the tasks the game sets out for you a lot more fun. And on top of that, everything is fully voice acted, which is really pretty incredible. When you're flying around and talking to the Equinox or when you stop in and talk to an NPC, it's all voice acted. It's not always animated, which is kind of interesting. All of the contacts that you talk to at observatories have a character model, but sometimes it's just a still image of the character model as they're talking to you instead of it being animated. But since Star Fox is never leaving his ship in those interactions, he's just talking to them via the radio, it's fine with me. It's like, you know, you get on a Skype call with someone and sometimes they turn on their webcam and sometimes you just see their profile picture. Um, but yeah, the, the, the mission structure and the, the interactions with the NPCs have really grown on me. It's really made this a more charming game for me to play. It's made me more interested in completing the tasks in this game as opposed to just like enjoying the feel of the game. So I've really been impressed with that. Um, another thing that I really like is that there is absolutely an exploration component to the game. One of the things you can do is you can upgrade the observatories that you check in with and help out. Uh, and there are a couple different benefits you can get from that. Sometimes you get weapon mods, uh, but I think weapon mods are mostly going to come from those monolithic structures, which get pointed out to you through missions, or I think you can just find on your own through exploration. But the other big benefit that you get from upgrading the observatories is you'll see the uh, map get more uncovered. So each planet has a, a map for the whole planet, which is covered in like a fog of war when you get there. And as you fly around, you slowly uncover pieces of it. But then when you find a new observatory and build a relationship with them, which usually means you show up, they have one mission you have to complete before they're like part of your uh, greater Starlink family. Uh, when you complete that mission, it unlocks a bigger portion of the map. And then as you upgrade it, it'll add like 10%, 20% onto what has been unlocked of the map of the world. I love open world games. I love exploration. I love wandering around. So the fact that this game, as I go, is going to tell me how much percentage of each planet I've uncovered on the map and, and encourage me to try to uncover more of that, I absolutely love it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to, to keep exploring the game as I go through it. Um, I've also noticed a couple of glitches that I wanted to talk about just because it seems like, you know, this, if this is a review format show, we should talk about when things don't maybe quite go the way they're supposed to. I've only had two experiences that I want to bring up in this regard. Uh, the first was a uh, situation where I was at a structure that had like um, support cabling going up and it looked like kind of holding it in place. And um, the nose of my ship got stuck between two support cables. So two cables kind of running up almost perpendicular to each other. And my nose got stuck between them. 
but this ended up being kind of fun because if I boosted, it would push me up the cables. So I boosted my ship all the way up the top of the structure, uh, even though I was still in the like the hover mode and not the flight mode. It was nothing really major. It was just kind of fun, and and I was able to turn myself out of it pretty quickly. Um, I mostly I I let myself be stuck in that situation. If I had just tried to turn my ship around, I would have got out of it much quicker. Uh, the other one was a little more distressing. I was. Um, Cruising across the planet, I believe I was in, yeah, I was in hover mode, cruising across the planet, and I did some sweet stunts where I uh, found found a hillside up ahead of me, so I boosted as I got up to it, you also have a jump button when you're in hover mode, so I boosted up the mountain as I got up it, and then I jumped at the last minute, so I got some sweet air, and was like cruising through the sky, but still in hover mode, and then when I came down, you can kind of aim your landing so that you don't... Um, crash if you crash you get stunned for a second and i aimed my landing i thought just right but like one of my wings dipped into the collision detection for the mountain and got stuck in it so my ship was just like in one place like shaking all over the place for a while um which was really kind of terrifying looking i was like oh no star fox my boy you've got to get out of there um, I think in that case, I ended up getting out by switching from the hover mode to the flight mode, and that, that kind of kicks you off the planet a little bit, so I'm pretty sure that got me out of it. Again, it wasn't anything too major, um, but those are the two moments I've had that where the game kind of broke for a second, um, and, and, and it didn't... It, it broke the immersion factor of it, I guess I would say. Otherwise, I mean, the, the game is just... It feels really good, and you do get sucked into it a little bit. Um, I think a lot of that comes from the HUD structure. Like I said before, the the missions are up in that top right corner, but then you've also got uh, Star Fox or whichever pilot you're playing as has a little profile picture down in the corner that, as you do sweet stunts, reacts a little bit, um, and it shows your your shielding and stuff in a way that it, it feels like it's a HUD for a Starfighter. Like, it, it makes sense within the world of the game. Um, so it's nice to see a, a situation where the overlay that is there to assist the player makes sense because it would also be an overlay that's there to assist the pilot of the ship. So I really appreciate that too. So overall, I'm really enjoying Starlink Battle for Atlas. I'm excited to keep playing this game. Um, it's definitely one I'm going to gonna keep on hand as a uh, uh, pick-up-and-play game, uh, especially thanks to that mission structure. It makes it really easy for this to be a game you can pop on for a couple minutes, uh, get some shooting done, and then pop off again. Um, I have no idea how long this game is. Uh, I, I know that it's got a collection page and, uh, the collection page lists a bunch of different, um, things, the different categories of collections. So there's like the hanger and the hanger says I have everything, but that's just cause I have the digital deluxe edition that has everything unlocked by default. Um, but what I think I can use more as figuring out how far I am in the game is there's one for Atlas discoveries and one for just database. And the Atlas Discoveries, I'm only at 17 out of 109 uh, entries. And on database, I'm at 8 out of 23. So I don't think I'm terribly far in the game. I don't see a way to see overall like percentage through the game. But I've only been to, I believe, three planets so far. And I haven't done nearly everything there is to do on those planets. So I'm sure that there's a lot more game out there waiting for me. Uh, I've seen some chatter recently on on Reddit. I was looking at a thread about this game, and there were some people talking about the idea of uh, DLC for it and, and the fact that since this game has sold, as far as I know, better on Switch than on anything else, it'd be super cool to see Nintendo partner with uh, Ubisoft to make more Nintendo DLC because there is another Nintendo franchise that would totally fit in this world that has a game coming out this year. It's Metroid. Give us Metroid, you cowards. Let me fly around in Samus's ship. 
Um, but I don't think it's very likely that we're going to see DLC just because, as far as I know, this game, while it sold better on Switch than anything else, I don't think it sold particularly well at all, uh, as evidenced by the fact that it keeps going on pretty massive discounts. Um, so my last thing I want to say on this is uh, I like this game. It's really fun. It is it is more fun than I expected it to be when I picked it up. I'm so glad that I bought it, and I really do think you should try it out as well. I still think that the, the Digital Deluxe Edition is the way to go. Uh, it, it has everything included, which is just so nice. You never have to stress about it. Um, oh, that's actually one thing that I forgot to mention earlier. Weapon combos. I didn't really grasp this the first time I played, but now I'm just cruising around and my default loadout on my ship is with a big ice cannon on one wing and a big fire cannon on the other wing. And you know what I do to the baddies all the time? I find them and I shoot them and they freeze and then I shoot them with the fire gun and they die real quick because you're shooting a frozen thing with fire. It's so nice. It's such a little thing, but that's like the crux of this game is it's built around the weapon combinations and I hadn't even really messed with that before. Uh, there's a, uh, two other categories of guns like gravity or something like I don't I don't know what the other categories are because I found my fire gun and my ice gun and I've been having so much fun with it but um yeah the different guns are so nice to use which is why as I was saying I would absolutely recommend if you if you find the digital deluxe version on sale that's the version of this game to get I, I think buying the toys to life version would be frustrating more than anything else uh, although I will say I've pretty much only used uh Star Fox's ship I think I've used another ship twice uh, so if you are going to go the physical edition, uh, the game is not too terribly punishing, at least where I'm at so far. So the, the whole like ships give you extra lives thing isn't as debilitating as I expected it to be. Uh, still a little frustrating though. Um, but overall, um, I think that this is a really fun game. I, uh, have only gotten maybe eight to 10 hours into it. I'm really excited to play more of it. Uh, and I would definitely recommend you check it out. Um, so yeah, I think that's, uh, your day, week, month, year reviews for today. Um, I've been Troidal Power. If you want to find more of me, just find me on Twitter at Troidal Power. I do other podcasts and stuff. Um, I'd, I'd love for you to stop by chat or let me know what you think. Have you played, uh, Starling Battle for Atlas? Um, are you enjoying it? Do you have any questions about it? Let me know if you have questions. I'll be back again in a couple weeks here with my month review. So if you do have any thoughts for me, I'd love to answer them there. Um, until next time, keep keep playing.